by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Hi folks, and welcome back to N17 Women. This is Abby speaking. I'll be your host today since I no longer sound like I'm underwater. And more importantly, I also no longer feel like I'm underwater either. I'm joined by the usual suspects, Rachel, Sean, and Caroline. How are you guys? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I think we're all experiencing different levels of cold, but uh, here in the UK, it's a bit better than it has been. So that's good. Yeah, I'm finally feeling better myself after also having a cold. So good stuff. I feel left out. I haven't even been ill, um, but I'm feeling better because Spurs won. So that's good, too. Love that. Love that. All right. So we had two games this week. Chelsea in the Conti Cup on Wednesday and London City Lionesses in the FA Cup on Sunday. Since we have two games to cover, I figured we wouldn't get as much into depth as we usually do, but rather I'd just give a quick recap of each game and then we'll talk about some of the high points and low points of them. Uh, And then at the end, we'll do other questions and other talking points. So first, let's talk about Chelsea. So Rianne sent out what I thought was a relatively attacking lineup at the time. Although now that I'm looking back at it, I'm like, why did I think this was so crazy? Anyway, uh, we had Tinny and goal, a back three of Amy, Molly, and Shalina. Celine and Karis were the wingbacks because Ash was still suspended, presumably. Evelina and Drew partnered in midfield. And then up top, we had Beth England, flanked by Roz and our new signing, Mana Iwabuchi. What did you all make of that? So I think you probably thought it was really attacking because we didn't expect Celine to be playing at wing back. And so assuming they were going to be a back four, it felt like there were some very attacking options chosen to go in midfield and up front. So I guess the, the fact that we were playing with a back three and then wing backs was the big novelty for this game um, that we only discovered once they got onto the pitch. And I think that was really interesting and it was, resolved a lot of questions that we've had around Amy Turner playing as uh, right uh, right fullback and you know that I think it looked decent um, Celine did a really good job as wing back I think that she was able to make things happen um, you know I wasn't entirely certain that it made sense to have Roz starting but at the same time if you want to have you know, those kinds of attacking lines. There weren't a lot of other options on the bench. And in the event, I think the only person that she was able to bring on was Chi. Um, so it made sense given the kind of setup that um, Rianne had to hand. And I think we, we've said before, I like to see us trying to take our game to these kind of clubs. Um, when we try and play defensively against these clubs, I don't think it helps us. So great to see, you know, going out with intent and 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 trying to play our game. And um, as Rachel said, Celine did really well in that new role. So, yeah, I think, um, I think it was, it was a good start. Yeah. And having Mana Uabuchi making her first start, I think was also a sign of intent. Um, Cause I think we were kind of under the impression she might not be starting right away and, you know, making her first appearance as a sub from the bench, but, you know, I felt like she slotted in right away She already seems to be, you know, getting that familiarity with her teammates. And 
I was also especially impressed by how vocal she was on the pitch. You know, she seems really comfortable demanding the ball, directing, you know, everyone around her. So I think it's pretty clear that right off the bat, she's brought, you know, her experience and her, her vision to the team. And I'm excited to see more of it as we go along with the rest of the season. Yeah. And I was really happy to see that, like, when Rianne said that Mana wasn't fully fit, I was happy to see that that meant she's at 60 minutes and not that she's at like 10 minutes. That's, that's a huge difference, um, especially for a player who looks that good, um, even without knowing her teammates. So we started pretty strong in that game. We were pressing a lot, not super high. We were more pressing in like the middle third, but we were taking the game to them and trying to disrupt them. But about halfway through that first half, Chelsea started to find their footing around us and being able to play more of their game. And ultimately, that led to Chelsea's first goal. Sam Kerr was the one credited with it after Evelina failed to track Aaron Cuthbert's run after a throw. And Aaron was able to play a dangerous ball right into some Sam Kerr-related chaos in front of our goal. It was a pretty brutal and sloppy goal to concede, especially after a pretty strong opening 20 minutes or so. Uh, And we held out for the rest of the first half after that. But in the second half, Chelsea came back with a vengeance. Millie Bright played a gorgeous crossfield ball to Lauren James, who just tied Karis up in a little knot and then drew some of our center backs out of position and played the ball to Fran Kirby, who was left unmarked in the middle of her box. Now, obviously, she doesn't miss shots like those very often. Chelsea then later caught us sleeping after a free kick and scored another goal right under our noses. Drew Spence did grab a consolation goal at the death of the game, and it was a gorgeous, gorgeous goal, goal of the month material for sure. She just picked up the ball outside of their box, took a really nice touch to set herself up and take a Chelsea defender out of the game, and then she wafted it into the top bin. Of course, it didn't really make a difference at that point. It was in like the 90 plus four minute, but it was very nice to watch. All right. So that was my super quick rundown of the Chelsea game. And now I'm going to ask each of you, what were your highs and lows of the Chelsea game? Rachel, you first. Um. So highs, obviously, people have already mentioned Mana. I think she was absolutely standout. Having her in the middle of the pitch just meant that we were able to get the ball out of defence, which is the big thing that we haven't been able to do all year, really. And so her, she just had these also just beautiful one touch, either headed uh, the ball forward or using her feet. And she was finding often Evelina or Celine or, you know, somebody else. And so she was absolutely, you know, seeing her just gave me a lot of optimism about how the season might go. And as you both said, having her play 60 minutes was really important. And we did see the difference when she came off. It did just feel like we had less cohesion. So she is going to be really important to us. And I think that was important. Like I said before, I also actually thought the back three worked. I don't think we're going to use it in every game. And we already reverted back in the game against London City Lionesses. But seeing a back three um, with Amy Turner in, I just thought that was good. It was nice to see that we were trying something different. We have had the same formation in pretty much every game this season. And so trying something was good. I think that the um, a couple of lows were, 
you know, again, we've had this over and again against Chelsea, which is just our bench is not their bench. And we just tend to fade in the second half of games against them when they bring on substitutes and our substitutes in this case, you know, no shade on them, but they were not at the same level as the Chelsea substitutes and they weren't changing the game. And some of that's a substitute. Some of that's also that after Emma um, Hayes responded to what Spurs were doing, Rianne didn't then re-respond to what those changes. And so I think it's that thing of perhaps not having the players, perhaps not making the adjustments. And so feeling like we faded a lot in the second half. And I think that's something that this isn't the first time it's happened um, and I guess I just you talking about that, like that free kick, that was such a stupid goal, wasn't it? Because it was literally that they got the free kick and they took it quickly and nobody was noticing. And then they were through on goal. Um, and I'd said before, I didn't think there were many stupid mistakes in this game. But I guess like not paying attention during that free kick was a stupid mistake. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, what about you, Sean? Uh, well, I mean, I think the the attacking intent in the first half. Um, was a high for me and and Celine's play um, as a wing back, you know, new position for her. And I think she's really starting to show not just her talent in disrupting things, but actually she was starting to get some passes off and actually try and start to make things happen, which is nice to see as well. I think uh, seeing Tinny back in goal was good. I mean, she's um, she, last couple of games she's been she's been good. She's slower in goal than Becky is, and and that can sometimes be um, worrying, but her shot stopping is immaculate and she's made some really important stops for us. I think again, yeah, like, like Rachel said that second half we faded, but that was going to be the case. Um, Jess Naz was officially on the bench, but we saw her going up to hospitality before the game. So we knew she wasn't actually even on the bench. So um, that's a, a low for me is, you know, all those injuries <laughs> continuing to be problematic and obviously thinking people are ahead of where they actually are. But a, a big low for me, and this is, you know, a different one for this, but a big low for me was the reaction of, of the fans, of our own fans, to substitutions. For me, I'm I'm not somebody who boos at a football game for any reason other than, you know, a certain player who's uh, in uh, in trouble, for you know, who shouldn't be playing football at this point in time. That's the usually the only time I boo on a, in a football game. Uh, so I'm not a fan of booing, but here we are booing our own players and not even doing it in a way makes it really obvious why you're booing because the way that we were doing it was booing at people who said it must have felt like people were booing her coming on and and for me that's just unacceptable um and we're not at that point yet I mean there's no player out on that pitch I don't you know I've said I've said on this pod before that there are players who I'm not as keen on there are players I'm, I question whether they should be starting but that doesn't mean you boo them when they're out on the pitch because there's nobody out there who's not giving a hundred percent at the moment and so I think um that is you know you just have to kind of say if they're given a hundred percent and they're trying and when we've got the injury crisis that we've got I don't I just felt that it was inappropriate behavior from our fans and and I have spoken to the people who I know were involved with it um, subsequently, so they know how I feel. But it, we're not, you know, it's not the men's game. And we're in a stadium where the players can absolutely hear everything that we're doing. Um, and I think we're so far away from booing our own players right now that, um, yeah, it was it was just not good. But um, so that for me was the biggest low of the game, because actually I thought the performance was um, was pretty good considering where we've been up until this point this season. I guess just to clarify for anybody who wasn't there, there was some booing at the time when Mana um, Iwabuchi was substituted for Chioma. And um, 
at that point people booed but they were from what we understood from everybody who was in the stadium they weren't booing either of those two players but rather that that substitution rather than another substitution was being made so I think that's that kind of issue. I think one of the things I wanted to just highlight that was a negative of this game and kind of this ga- the game after is that the pitch at Brisbane Road was really poor condition. And um, we'd moved there because it should be better condition. And it was like a mud field. You could t- see people were not able to get to the ball sometimes because they couldn't stretch because they were going to skid around on it. Um, and I think it's just a shame. We'd already had a game cancelled for a frozen pitch and then we'd had a bit of a mud pitch after it. Um, so just really to highlight that as a bit of a frustration, I guess, especially if we're thinking about improving the conditions for our players. Yeah, I like even by the second game against London City, like you could see the mud spots like on the television as well. And they were like everywhere and pretty large and a little bit concerning. Moving on, finally, Caroline, what were your highs and lows? Well, my high, I think, was Drew's goal, not just because it was Drew scoring a goal, which is great, but because it showed that even though we saw that drop off in quality in the second half, I don't think there was a drop in intensity or mentality. And that's a big improvement over some of the performances we saw, especially right before Christmas, um, where you know you would see the players' heads start to drop by the second half. And obviously great to see Drew get another goal as well. Uh, my low, I think uh, I have two. One is that the goal that Fran Kirby scored where she was left wide open in the box is one that we are conceding far too often this season. Um, so that's a very like minute area of defense that we need to improve is, is the man marking. Um, and then the second one, I think is just as Rachel said, I'd like to echo that because we don't have the same depth in our bench that some of, you know, these really top level opponents have, it can make it difficult for us to make adjustments in game. And I think it also speaks to what Sean said with the fans, you know, needing to get behind the team because I mean, the transfer window is open for one more day. We'll see if we make some more changes, but probably this is going to be the squad that we have. And it's not going to do any good for us to be digging out players individually every week when, you know, we need to be supporting them and hoping that they're going to, you know, be able to contribute a little more over the season and um, definitely not (laughs) purposefully try to knock their confidence. Yeah. And like to that point, I think it was a little much to boom Mana coming off. She had been really good, but we knew she wasn't fit. Like Rianne said that in the press conference. And I think like I'd much rather see her pulled early when she's having a great game than get injured in her first ever game for us. I think we'd be even more upset if that had happened. So yeah, no, I mean, obviously it would have been ideal if we could take off some of the underperforming players at that point, but the reality of our squad is that we couldn't. Anyway, I'll just throw in my highs and lows quickly to finish off this section. I think my high was, um, I've been concerned about our game plans in the past for the top teams. And I thought this one was really good. And I think for the most part, we executed it really well up to like a couple of stupid mistakes and like not being able to bring Frank Kirby off of our bench. Uh, I was really happy with our organization. Uh, I was really happy with how quickly it seemed like Beth England had picked up her pressing duties. Uh, she seemed very on it with like when the center backs crossed that, third way line uh start pressing 
And I think we made it pretty difficult for Chelsea to play, you know, until we didn't. (laughs) I was also really happy to see how Drew Spence did play it slightly further back. I thought she had a pretty good game back there. And before now, I wasn't 100% sure she would do that. I think that was really important for us because uh, I worry that we don't have enough passers amongst our back six players and that our best passers are like up top. And if they can't get the ball, how are they going to pass? So I was really happy to see her like stepping in to make interceptions and like getting back for challenges as well as being able to showcase some for passing game. Obviously, she like didn't play a perfect game but I thought I saw a lot of promise in her game and the goal just really capped it off. A lot of the other positives you guys have already mentioned, I think as well for my lows, I really thought that goals number one and three from Chelsea were entirely due to our negligence. Like I watched it back a few times. So Aaron Cuthbert had taken the throw and then someone else had the ball and Aaron Cuthbert just sort of like sprinted past Evelina who was not even looking for her And you just have to mark the thrower on a throw. Like, you just have to do that. That was just a silly switch-off mistake. Like, almost as bad. I would have been focused on it entirely if it wasn't for the worst switch-off mistake that half the squad participated in later on. Uh, So those were some pretty big negatives for me. And I think it really tarnished what I thought was a much more organized defensive performance. Uh, So if we could just not do that, that would be great. Uh, My other negative is, I think, one thing that hurt our ability to actually like get something from this game was our lack of passers in the back six. I think that it seemed like we were winning the ball back. It was great, except for we just couldn't keep it because we couldn't get more than one pass after we um, won it back. And I think, yeah, Chelsea was counter pressing, but I think it's also because we just have a lot of mediocre passers and we also have some bad passers uh, who we play because they're really good at other stuff. And then we also have some bad passers who don't do other stuff as well. So I I would like to see, I, that's more of like a squad issue. Can I just say, because I actually thought from watching in the stadium that I thought, and this is a lot of it down to manner, that our passing was working so much better than it had done in previous games, including at least the first half against Aston Villa and certainly the games at the end of last year. So they're, there was, you know, we were, it would probably be like four or five passes and then it would get up to the sort of final third and would be lost there. So I'm not sure it was the back six and the passing from there, especially. It felt like some of it was further up that was going on. That's really interesting. That's not what I saw at all. But I think like, I will say I did see better passing against London City, which we'll come on to in a minute. So I, and I also did see a lot of promise from like mana being able to influence the game and like help people figure out what to do so i i like i i agree with with the trajectory of what you said but i definitely was like really distressed by the passing in this game but i'm sure there was a lot of like i can't see who chelsea is marking out of the game as well on the tv as you can in the stadium so i think that's another like maybe i just wasn't seeing that there was no pass open um so i think that could be why yeah, so let's move on to that London City Lionesses game. Much, much more fun. <laughs> we made just a few changes to the starting 11 from the Chelsea game. Uh, so Ash, who had completed her suspension, came in for Amy Turner initially at right back. 
Uh, and then Angerad came in for Evelina in midfield. Everything else pretty much stayed the same. Uh, what did you guys make of that? Well, it was back to a back four, so that was different. Um, and we saw Mana playing on the inside, um, Beth initially starting back and then uh, moving forward as the game went on. Again, I guess I was slightly surprised about some of the lineup. Perhaps Evelina hadn't started, but I think it seemed from Rianne's interview afterwards is that Evelina has been on limited minutes as well. And so perhaps we didn't know that and she can't play every game all the time. Yeah, it seemed it seemed OK. But I mean, I guess we were surprised because we haven't seen Rianne selecting a back four without Amy Turner at right back all season. And we've kind of been wanting to see that. We saw it in accidentally against Aston Villa. And then we saw it here with Ash back at left, uh, sorry, at right back and um, Keris at left back. So obviously Rianne had decided that she needed Ash more in defence than she did in offence. And I guess that was where there was a surprise. And so that must say something about how she sees the squad and different parts of it working together. That ended up putting then Ash on the same side as Celine, which I like. Um, And then obviously on the other side, you had Keris, who I think is better at passing to people who like a through ball. Like she's got this, there's a specific way that she passes, which I think works with both Chi and with Roz decently in a way that is different from how Ash and Celine play. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just happy to see Ash back in the squad. Um, and since we haven't seen her playing in defense as much recently, it was good just to be reassured that that's, you know, still a good role for her as well. I think when when we play in the back four, she and the other outer center back, you know, they're still able to get forward. And we saw that throughout the game. So that worked well for me. What else from the lineup? I guess just Mana getting another start. Very good. And Beth, England, you know, is just making such an instant impact. This is two goals in three games. So I don't feel like we could really realistically ask for much more from our new signing. I mean, I think for me that, first of all, it was um, okay. She's really going for it because, you know, when we played other championship sides uh, in the Conti Cup, we've had, you know, academy players involved and and it's not been what you would necessarily call your starting 11 so clearly Rianne making a statement about the state of the squad at the moment probably I think and and the fact that, that they need game time together and they need to be playing together rather than a statement about the competition or anything like that necessarily or the or the all the competitors we had I think I might have liked to see um, Asmita start rather than Keris Keris is great and I love Keris, but I want to see Asmita getting game time in these kind of games where she's going to be able to, to push things a little bit more and her passing is has been really good lately. And also the Lionesses had some um has some pace about them, which um we know is not Keris's strong point. So I think I would have preferred to see Asmita start this one, but uh, you know, Keris didn't do a bad job. Um but yeah, just just interesting and as as Rachel said, interesting to see Evelina not there, but Rianne kind of just explain that later so yeah a strong side in what you know was a competition against a, a championship side so could easily have been a, a less strong side I mean we've sent a few players a few of the academy players out on loan of course but uh Gunning Williams is still around and things like that so but there was no sign of her so interesting decisions there yeah and like the lead up to this game was interesting because I felt like there was a lot of 
like London City Lionesses for for just for the record are like top of the championship. They've been scoring tons of goals. They did. We said this last week. They did just lose their manager to the NWSL, which is rough, but they've been playing super well and super attacking. And I think like given that we haven't, there was a lot of like buzz around this game of like, oh, we're going to trip up. Oh, like a good championship side is enough to like fell us or whatever. And so like the starting lineup, I think also like, okay, like we are taking this seriously. And like, as you said about players needing game time together. So I was like, I was pleased to see the lineup. I actually didn't see it before the game because it was at five in the morning for me. But in hindsight, I was pleased with the lineup. Just to circle back to the bench, it was also notable that Jess wasn't available for selection at all. Um, And we didn't see her come in as a sub in the Chelsea game. So it seems like Rianne is still just being cautious with her, which I think is the right move. You know, we've talked about we really have no margin for error when it comes to further injuries. Yeah, that's a good point. I uh, have to be honest that I had not even noticed that. I'm glad you pointed it out. Um, yeah, so our worst fears did not come to pass here. And the game actually turned into a real goal fest for us. We won 5 nothing. It, it's like extremely unflattering to London City Lionesses, who I thought that they had some good spells. And I admired their pressing and their their energy. And I thought that, you know, they looked better than five, five nil would suggest. Uh, I was wondering also if we could steal their fitness coach, maybe as a thought. (laughs) Anyway, first goal came pretty early. Beth headed home after London city backed off of Rosella and gave her enough time to play in what was quite frankly, a pretty gorgeous and spot on cross. Beth basically just had to bonk it into the netting. Uh, we didn't score for the rest of the half, but right at the end, Mana Iwabuchi scored our second when she received the ball unmarked in the center of their box and her shot was deflected in, but she still did really well to get into space like that uh, and to get free and get her feet right and all that. Starting in the second half, London City might have looked to get back into things, but it just wasn't to be. Shortly after the start of the second half, Drew Spence slotted home Beth England's deflected shot. And the final two of our goals on the day I thought were really neat because they really showcased Nicola Karcheska, who came on as a substitute in around the 60th minute. And she didn't score for herself, uh, but I thought it was a really good response for a player who I might have worried would not be as present in the squad, given that we've just signed Beth England. So for the first, Nikki put pressure on their back line and their center back. I think it was just kind of ended up putting it past her own keeper into the goal. For the second goal, her fellow substitute, Evelina, won the ball back in the final third, played the ball out to Nikki, who crossed it back to Evelina for the finish. I just thought it was really nice stuff to see for your, from your striker, the composure to give your teammate a really easy shot rather than take it for yourself. That pretty much wrapped things up for the game. I glossed over a few of the finer points that we might come on to now because I am going to ask each of you the same question as earlier. What were your highs and lows of the London City game? Let's start with Rachel again. So I think you ended with one of my highs, which is uh, Nikki, who I obviously have a massive soft spot for. I think she's fantastic. We weren't getting a lot of minutes from her. We're still not getting a lot of minutes, but if she can come on and have 30 minutes like she did on Sunday, I will be very happy. Um, She just, there was a lot of hold up play. She brought others into the game. It was really nice to see. 
Um, so yeah, I'm just really happy that she is still thriving. Obviously, Beth is also thriving, and it's amazing that we've got someone who scores goals. Um, we were having crosses into the box before. There wasn't anyone on the end of them, so it was an easy goal to tap in, but you had to be in the right place to do it, and she is just great at being in the right place. Um, and also, like, the amount of energy she has to get back at various times. I guess one of my highs and lows, which is just like to put it in, was... So I thought Roz had a terrible game against Chelsea. I didn't mention it on that game, but she was just the sort of like the place where balls went to die. Um, In this game, she did well in the first half and she did make the runs. She had that really nice cross. I think it was probably her best half I've seen. But at the same time, Spurs played better when she went off and Evelina came on. Um, And I'm not blaming her for that, but I think there was something about the shape and where how Evelina gave this new defensive solidity to Spurs and it just gave more outlets. And there was this moment in, I think, that I saw and she was getting back and she blocked, the she made a block on one side and the next attack from London City, she was on the other side of the pitch and she was blocking, like she was playing at both wings. She was covering our um, fullbacks in ways that just meant that everything seemed a lot more stable. And then she was obviously also getting up the pitch and so not just Nikki but I think the way that Nikki was combining with Evelina who also put in the cross for the shot that Drew ended up make the goal that Drew ended up getting had a really good game um and it was really nice to see her having a game like that I thought she looked really fast she was beating players down the wing she was doing things that again we've been sort of worried that she hasn't been doing as much this season and if we have an Evelina like that in the like second half Evelina which was a bit like she was against Aston Villa um where she just came on with that end energy and made things happen then I'm really happy about that and the other thing I guess a high that I hinted at earlier which was around Ash and Celine and the way they were combining and the one twos down the wing were sometimes just beautiful and sometimes they made them and sometimes they didn't but they got into the space that took players away from one another so and allowed each other more space and ability to make crosses um including sort of Ash's cutback for the goal that Manor scored but yeah I really liked what was happening down that wing um I mean there are some I guess I haven't really had lows exactly the lows were I did think we we still didn't have our shit together in the first half. Um, there was a lot of time when London City could have scored um, and they were getting in behind us in ways that, and we were not having possession of the ball as much as we perhaps could have or should have done. Um, and I'm not entirely sure how to, what we needed to do. But I, like I say, bringing Evelina on seemed to fix a lot of that. And so like, this is one of the first times where I have seen us change things and play better in the second half. Yeah, a hundred percent agree with that. All right, uh, Sean, uh, your turn. Uh, well, I mean, I think Ash being back was was brilliant. Just seeing her out there again, obviously not quite up to necessarily her usual standards um, for the whole time. She's lacking in match fitness, but those, yeah, some. I mean, some of her play was important because, as Rachel said, it wasn't about actually what she was doing with the ball. It was about what she was doing in terms of taking players away from the ball um and there were a couple of moments actually one in particular I think in the second half where there was almost a wow in the crowd kind of a thing because everybody expected the ball to go with Ash and it didn't and it was really dangerous so I think um just some great stuff and what what Ash brings we all know and and gives us some more versatility and we've been saying uh transfer market some you know maybe we need another fullback well maybe Rianne's answer to that is let's keep Ash back there and um, and hopefully these other players coming back from injury will be enough. Um, I think 
the continuing performance of Evelina to be back to where she was last season. The Evelina we've been missing, she was involved in all three of the goals in that second half, I think, and um, really showing what she can do. Um, I think the fact that we scored five goals um, when in the other games against these championship sides, we've been, you know, getting away with one nils. Uh, so I think that was really nice to see um, and goals from all over the pitch as well. Um, like you said, Abby, you know, Nikki not going for that goal, but, you know, as a striker, you'd expect strikers to be taking the shots, but she didn't. She passed and she gave it to Evelina. Um, so just a lot of nice stuff, I think, and not not the complete deal by any means. And as you say, you know, we we should we could have looked better against a side like London City. Not to take anything away from them, they they're a great Championship side at this season. But we could have looked even better. But we did enough. We did more than we've been doing um, in the first half of the season. Uh, yeah. So I think, and um, I mean to to reiterate Rachel's point again, the pitch was even worse in this game. And um, I don't know why Rianne keeps on insisting on wearing white shoes when she's on a muddy pitch and doesn't need to be wearing white shoes, but she does to the point where one of my friends said, whilst when there were interviews were going on and all we could see was legs and trainers, who is that? And I was like, that's Rianne because we've been coming in on her shoes all game. Um, <laughs> they were surprisingly clean by the end of the game. Um, but uh, yeah, so some, and also some things to, um, in terms of seating in the stadium. So um, we were all sat in the season ticket area and there were some problems with tickets that have been sold that shouldn't have been and things like that. So there were a few logistical issues in the ground as well that uh, that we're working on still. But um, as as an overall um, performance, I think uh, better. And Caroline, how about you? Uh, my first high is definitely Evelina being an absolute super sub, you know, being involved in our last three goals. And I felt like after she came into the game, our press was just so much more effective. London City just had no answer for it. You know, I think you and I were talking about how Nicola was making everyone look scared in the London City defensive line. Um, So, you know, just I think seeing the team playing with so much confidence and intention was brilliant. And also... Rianne's in-game management, you know, just her being really cognizant of the fact that we have a difficult stretch of games ahead and making sure that she made those subs um, often and early so that those players can keep fresh and injury free for those games coming up. I don't, I don't really have any lows. I don't think, except for what y'all said about, you know, we still sometimes struggle to maintain possession, but it was nice to have a game where it was just all positives across the board for the most part. And, you know, the, the pitch at Brisbane Road, we talked about, it could be better, but <laughs> I don't know that that's necessarily hugely in our control. So, yeah, 100%. Uh, I think I'd just throw on there. Yeah, London City, this is a high for me. London City were very pressy and were always on us, especially in our final third. And I did not know that we could play around pressure like that. There were passes where I was like constantly like, oh, God, we're going to lose the ball. And then they would just like come off anyway. And I was shocked. I did not know that we could play around a press like that. That's brand new information to me. So (laughs) I thought that was great. Uh, I also, yeah, I really liked the number of goals and the variety of goals that we scored. I was just going to jump in because um, I said last week that we always forget to talk about Molly because like sometimes you don't see the things that people are doing at the back. But 
she was big this uh, game. She was like making, you know, there was lots of periods where London City were getting into the box, were pressing, and she was kind of, you know, not letting people go past her. She was um, making blocks, and I thought she played really well. I mean, I think Shalina did too as well, but I think Molly especially stood out in some of those last ditch. Um, yeah, she got in the way of like just as people were trying to score right in the box. Yeah, I thought that she and Shalina both had really good games. And I did remember the other thing I was going to say, and you reminded me. So thank you. Uh, so I've been watching our corners in the Chelsea game and in this game and like our defensive corners. I think I don't want to speak too soon. <laughs> I think we fixed them. Uh, and I'll tell you why I think that it's because I see us going in with a very clear plan on corners, which is mark the three people hanging out at the top of the box and then have like four people zonally marking the front of the goal. And we have not conceded from a corner in these last two games. And it's not because we haven't been conceding them. So I think we have a plan and I think that we're defending corners now. I'm not saying it's going to work every time, but I was watching them in particular in the London city game and it was looking pretty good. And I am not ready to say for sure that it's fixed, but I think it might be fixed. So that was my second high. I obviously really liked the Ash and Celine. Oh, of course, that reminds me. The other thing I really like about the corners is that players we don't typically think of as good in the air were getting clearances, which is what also makes me think like they have the confidence, they have a plan, they can get up there and like clear the ball in a good direction. But yeah, anyway, back to the Ash and Celine wing. I loved the moments where like Ashlyn and Mana were combining. Uh, I thought there were a lot of good passing and combinations all over the field. I kind of hinted at this earlier, but like my qualms about passing in the Chelsea game, like I saw better stuff in this game and I kind of liked the direction of it. And it, it gave me a lot of hope for things potentially getting even better. Uh, if I had to throw a low in there, I would say I worry that some of our players only had good performances because they were afforded huge amounts of time on the ball, like in an attacking context. Cause like London city were pressing a lot when like in our half. So they were like pressing our back four a ton and pressing our midfielders a ton. And they did great. They were not pressing Roz. They were like Roz had ages of time, like basically anytime she got on the ball. And I think that was maybe why she played so well uh like mana being unmarked in their box and like i saw them just not putting any pressure on like mana Roz, drew and beth like ever and i was worried that maybe some of the good stuff we saw today was only down to the fact that uh some of our players just had extra time to make decisions my one other it this isn't really a negative it's because it's something we already know uh their winger just like kind of toasted Karis a lot and I was at first I was like so her name is is Karen Moya and I was really impressed with her and I thought that she was doing a lot of bright stuff but then uh there was this one corner that we took that like she got the ball on a run and Celine who is fast mind you was able to race back and get it from her and I was like 
is she that fast or like, is Karis just slow? And so that like gave me questions and I like, I, I respect, like, obviously like this isn't a knock on Karis at all because like we already know pace isn't her strong suit and she did really well defending one-on-one otherwise. And we just had a game on Wednesday that Karis played the full 90, I believe for, so, so not a negative, just like a question is like, like people are really seeming to t- target that side with pacey wingers. And I'm worried that it's going to start to become a problem. All right. So I think that wraps up our talk about London city. We've now had two, two and a half, three games, depending on who you ask or who you're talking about, where we got a good look at our new signings. Uh, so I wanted to take a moment to check in on that with you all. What do you, what do we think? What do we think about Beth and Mana? They're fantastic, yeah. They are so good in very different ways. Um, I was really surprised how much difference Mana made in the Chelsea game. Not that I didn't think she was good, but just her coming in seemed to change things so dramatically in terms of just how the team played. And that's what I'm really excited about her, uh, with her for. Um, She's just beautiful to watch. There was this moment, wasn't there, in the London City Lionesses game where she flicks the ball over her head and turns her, like, to beat a player. And it was just one of those things where you're like, oh, that's just pretty. I'm happy. I get to watch that. It doesn't have to result in anything. It just gives me that moment of joy. That's really nice. I'm happy to have her in the team. Um, I'm definitely more excited than I was even initially because I didn't know, given how little playing time she's had at Arsenal, where she would be when she came to us. So I think that she is going to do a lot with the team and she's made much more sort of transformational difference than I think any of the players we bought in the summer have in terms of just, you know, coming into the team and doing different things and changing the way we link up. Beth, we always knew was going to be a goal scorer, but again, just the her efficiency in front of goal, it's really nice. I mean, it's being there and getting the chances and it's taking the chances and that makes me happy. I think in the game against Aston Villa, we didn't even have an XG of one and we scored. You know, she just gets in there. And yeah, so, and like I think we've said in this pod in the previous one, the fact that she is not just matter, but I think Beth especially is so um, organized and telling people what to do on the pitch. Like I like to have those two players on there and um, providing some sort of leadership and also having that experience and gravitas that people are going to listen. They've won cups, they've won everything between them. Um, and so that gives them the ability to create direction where sometimes our team has lacked it. So, sorry, that's me just like, yes, it's all amazing. I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that one of the words you used, Rachel, is exactly correct. They're going to be transformative for our season. And, you know, I, I had mentioned, I think when we signed Beth, that I only wished we could have done it in the summer instead. Because um, it, it feels like we just kind of lost half a season, which is probably a really harsh way to put it. But, you know, it's it's good in the sense that now we can kind of start fresh and I feel a lot better going into this stretch of games where we're going to be playing, you know, top four opponents, you know, it's, it's still going to be a really difficult task to get a win out of any of those games, but you know, I I would take a draw in some of them. (laughs) And I actually feel like it's possible now that we have, you know, the team looking so much more organized and confident just with the inclusion of those two players. Hopefully we can, you know, convince Mana to stay after this second half of the season and come on as a permanent signing. 
Yeah, and I think what's what's key is the way the other players are responding to them, both in terms of interviews and things and on the pitch. You saw the way that Drew and Beth embraced after their goals. You know, you know, they clearly, you know, have got a good relationship and want good things for each other and are pleased to be helping each other out. Ash was talking quite a lot about Manor when we talked to Molly. She was already saying, Wow, look at how well she plays. And she's out there in trainings, kind of saying, This is what you can do best from Molly was lapping it up. So she's obviously doing it in a way that makes the players feel like it's not like some kind of somebody coming in from outside and having a go or anything, you know. So I think that's really nice as well to see that they've come in as these bigger names, um, you know, and and they are still fitting into that family kind of environment at the club and the rest of the players are feeling inspired by their presence. And, you know, they are already showing some output on the pitch, which is making us all uh, all excited. So I think at this point, it's it's good for the players and the fans to be feeling a little bit excited about something at Spurs after a first half of the season that was perhaps below expectation. And it looks like Beth and Mana have both bought in. Like, I never get the sense that they're not giving 100% when they're out there. So, you know, especially for a lone player like Mana, that's really huge. Well, the good news is, of course, they both want to be on a plane this summer. So um, they've got reason to be giving it their all. But that does then also mean that they're going to hopefully integrate. And hopefully we have a similar situation that we have with Cho with Mana, because Cho came in as a second half of the season loan, and then she became a permanent signing. So fingers crossed. Mana can do the same thing. I think, you know, if we can make her, if the players can make her feel welcome, the, the fans can make her feel welcome, you know, why would you disrupt your life any more than you have to if you can find somewhere that that likes you? And we know that she, you know, she has struggled in the past at clubs to feel, to fit in and to feel um, at home. So if she's at home in London, then, um, you know, let's let's make sure that she doesn't want to leave. Yeah, absolutely. And we know from the past that, Brianne really likes to sign people who are both like great players and great people. And it really seems based on everything we've heard that these are two big successes on those fronts. I just love how you can tell already that both Beth and Mana are like making everybody around them better. And like Drew seems a lot happier now that Beth's here. I'm kind of joking about that because I think Drew is incredibly professional in the first half of the season and was enjoying herself. But like, I just love like looking at her smile when uh, she and Beth like score combine and stuff. I think the other thing that's really nice is that they haven't interrupted the progress of some of the young players like Celine, like Nikki, especially who, as uh, Caroline, you were saying earlier, we thought maybe she was going to get less game time, but actually because she hasn't been able to play full games, her coming in and either playing with Beth or as a substitute for Beth, maybe the perfect place for her to be this season um, and means that she will develop as a player. So I think it's also about how what their being in the club does for all of those other players who and how they develop and yeah again that also seems positive so I'm happy yeah absolutely so the window is coming to a close it may or may not be closed by the time you listen to this it depends on how fast I am at editing uh as of right now we haven't heard anything about signing anyone else so given what we've seen what are your biggest concerns going forward if we don't sign anyone else? Well, I mean, uh, one of our big concerns has been that defensive midfield role. Um, if Evelina is starting to play like Evelina last season again, then maybe she can, you know, then we've got some cover in there. If you're playing Ash back at fullback, we've been a bit worried about fullback cover. But if you, if that's where you're seeing Ash 
um, then you've got a bit more cover there. I think there's always more you can do, but as Rihanna has said, the problem isn't finding players. The finding is the problem is finding players who are better than what we've got already. Um, I mean, Mana came out of nowhere, so you know nobody was eyeing up that one. So it could be that there's something else happens, but I think those are two huge signings which show intent. I think if players like Evelina are coming back and are going to be able to get more minutes, um, then that's great. I think we've still got kits to come back, hopefully imminently, um, but who knows. So yes, there are places, there are bits where we could, where we might like to see more options. But I think the signs are positive. Of you know, the players are starting to play like they did last season. We've got some injection of energy from the two players that we have brought in, and you know, we've got some youngsters from the summer who are, um, you know, and I mean, I think Celine is you know starting to really shine as well. So I think you might want to see a few more players, but I'll take what we've got. If, if it was two huge players like we've got or four middle of the road kind of players like we've had before. I, I think we've done be- better this time. I think my only concern is just the defensive depth chart. That seems like the area where we're the thinnest right now, especially if, you know, we want Ash to continue being an option for the attack that that's less possible. Um, if we get an injury to a, a defender, that's, you know, if we were to make a, a last minute, even just alone, kind of like we did with Vicky Schnatterbeck, um, something of that nature, I would be totally down with. But I'm I'm hopeful that at least Kit will be back soon enough and the midfield situation will be looking better. Yeah, I feel like we've been waiting on Kit's return forever. Um, one day she'll return. It does just feel like we lack a little bit of depth and we lack many sort of options to change things so that we do end up sometimes with players in positions because there isn't anybody else um, rather than because they are going to suit this game specifically. You know, we could think about either, you know, a attacking winger, or we could think about a defensive midfielder, although as Abby said earlier, maybe Drew, we're going to see Drew there more again. It might be fullbacks. It feels like there just isn't maybe a couple of other players who were at least as good, but slightly different (laughs) would be useful. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because I feel like a lot of our depth is just like a big if. It's like, oh yeah, like technically we have four center backs. Technically we have double fullbacks on either side but like there's two people who are like both of those things and then like technically ash also plays in attack sometimes it's just there's like a whole bunch every time i describe our defensive depth and it's like oh yeah and technically oh and i guess if you and it would be nice if we just had some actual depth and not like contingency depth i think we also and i've alluded to this a few times i think we need somebody who is a passer i i just am concerned about our passing I'm less concerned about it now that I've seen Drew play back there I I think it could be fine I'm like satisfied with this window if I had to dream on something I would like either a DM or a fullback who is like a good passer to come in uh but all in all I think I think that's my biggest concern is like as you guys said depth let's see on to a more general discussion We've been fielding questions about this one for a few weeks and like particularly after the Chelsea game, there's a lot of it going around Twitter. And the question is basically, are you Rianne out? 
Are any of you guys being out at this point? I know this is like funny to talk about right after we beat a team five nothing, but like we'd be talking about it for sure if we had only played Chelsea this week. So let's do it. I think I was definitely closer to Rihanna out after the Everton game than I have been after any of the games since then. That was clearly the nadir of our season. Well, I hope it was. I hope I haven't spoken too soon. But that was just a hellish game. Um, and there was really nothing good we could take away from either that one or the two games that had come before it against West Ham and Reading. I mean, I'm sure we found something good to take away from them on the podcast, but they really were bad. And since then, it has felt like an upward trajectory. And I don't think you get rid of a manager when you are starting to play better. Um, and especially when the board has backed the manager by bringing in players that that manager has been you know seeking has clearly from what we've heard been you know spending quite a lot of time working to get Beth England in over several years and has convinced them to come to come and join what she is doing so I think not now and if you say not now then that has to be that you give her at least the sort of the three top three games that we've got coming up plus a couple of games against other less top three opposition, uh, top three, top four opposition before you can come to that judgment. So I think any window when we could have been Rihanna out a sort of passed and you need to now wait at least until, you know, to see what happens in the aftermath of that. Um, hopefully she's going to, you know, do something, pull it together and we will all be happy and there will be no or very few Rihanna out people at that point. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm not at Rihanna out stage. I, I mean, I think, don't think I've been close to it really um I think you know you've got to give managers some time and 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 some players uh so and with the players that we brought in I think it's clearly clear that she can inspire you know good players to want to come and join us um and that's half the battle at this point in time so uh I think I, I I'm for me personally it's a case of get behind Rianne and the team um see what they can do this season we know it's not going to be the season that we thought it was going to be for various reasons. So let's just get behind the team who are building and wait and see what we can do next season. Yeah, I agree with all that. I'm I'm still firmly behind Rianne because the performances since the winter break have just been trending upward. You know, I I personally was kind of annoyed with the some of the responses we saw after the Chelsea game of certain fans feeling like she needed to go for that result um I just don't think that's taking a really holistic view of the state of the club our opponent for that specific game um and you know like we said just the the fact that we are trending towards better performances and the fact that the board did back Rianne with these two signature signings um I think shows that she has a really good idea of what the team needs and since those players have already, you know, shown that they're going to integrate really well into our system, you know, I don't, I don't see how you could not be feeling um, optimistic about the rest of the season. And, you know, I think even if we do have, have a loss to one of those top teams in this next stretch of games, I would be really disappointed to see the club part ways with her just for one bad result. Um, I just think it'd be super premature at this point. And, you know, we might have to have a different conversation if we get to some of those games against the the mid table or lower table teams. And we put in a string of bad performances again, like we saw in the first half of the season. Um, But honestly, I don't, I just don't see that happening. I, I, I would be shocked 
honestly, if that happened. Yeah, I think like most of the things that have happened this season have kind of been outside of Rand's control. We don't hear everything about who's injured and when they're coming back. And I think a lot of the times when we, what we see as like, oh, why'd you select, select player X instead of player Y? The answer is player Y is injured and can't go a full 90. Uh, I think that's been a big part of it. I think there's also the big question around like, who else do you get in? After the Chelsea game, I kind of figured it was time for me to do my due diligence and try to figure out who else I would get in. Cause I keep saying like, Oh, well, like Juan Carlos Amoros or Emma Hayes. And I'm like, they're, they're not coming. Like, come on. Like, so I, I did a little research and what I ended up realizing is that I do not have an understanding of like how managers are selected in the women's game. Like I do in the men's. And I think that's just because it's very different. There's a lot of different reasons. It's not like there's a group of managers who's all constantly rotating around the same clubs. I don't know who would or wouldn't come to Spurs. I don't know who we would or wouldn't pay for. And so it makes it just really difficult to answer the question of like, well, who else would you get instead? And that's not even like now I have the names of like eight managers who I think could be pretty good, but like, it just doesn't make a difference because like, I just, none of us know how it works like you know I'm not like looking through like every football association all over the world's backup coaches to see like because that's what where Rianne came from to see like who might want to manage a club team you know what I mean so at this point like and I've said this before I'm not nowhere close to Rianne out and I think the only I think Caroline touched on this earlier the only thing that would make me Rianne out is if with this squad, if there are no further injuries to our best players, we still couldn't pull results from mid-table and lower WSL teams, and we're not putting out good plans against the top teams. But so far, I have seen nothing to make me think that's going to happen. I'm going to move on to a question that we received a while ago, so long ago that some of the information in it has since then become out of date. Uh, But I just thought it would be fun to discuss this week because I think we're going to start hearing about new contracts soon. And I thought it would be cool if we could all get on the record about who we want in and out before that happens. Uh, Obviously many of them we're not going to hear about until the end of the year, but we did hear about Rhea who was originally on this list. So this question is from Kirsty, and Kirsty wanted to know, uh, we have a list of players whose contracts are expiring this year and uh i'm going to run through the list and kirsty would like to know whether we should renew them or not so i'm going to list the name and then we're going to go down the line and you guys are going to give me a yes or a no and at most one sentence of explanation uh all right so first up is our lovely goalkeeper tinny i'm keeping her yes i'm yes but I think we need a third goalkeeper to be playing more regularly. Yes, but only because I don't know who else is out there. All right, next up is Shalina. Yes, but she might have to take a little bit less of a starting role. Yes, but I think we could have her be a depth piece rather than starter, like Sean said. Yes, but not a priority if the negotiations aren't easy. Yeah, I also just don't think that Shalina is our main problem. So why not extend her if the negotiations are easy? All right, Karis. 
Yes, if she does not pick up another major injury. Yes, if she's prepared to play fewer games. Yes, for the same reasons Caroline and Sean said, but also maybe to have her start transitioning to a coach, which I would love to see. Yes, I want her for leadership purposes and everything everyone else already said. (laughs) All right, Molly. Yes. Yes. Yes, first name. No (laughs) caveats. Yep, yep. Keep Molly, no caveats. Jess. Yes. Yes, she needs some time not injured. And I think playing with the people who have come in will be really good for her because she'll get more passes in the position she needs them. Yes. Yes, but only because I think I'm fine with her being our last attacker. I I don't want to, I'm not ready to give up on her yet. Rhea. That's exactly it. I don't want to give up on her yet. <laughs> yeah. Rhea. Well, she has been, and yay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> I should have marked that one because I was about to. I like just said it as well. I would have said yes, though, beforehand. Yeah, I think we can all agree that we're all thrilled <laughs> that she's resigned. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. What about Cho? No. No, although I wonder if the club likes having her for marketing reasons, given the strength of Spurs support in South Korea? Um, I think uh, no, unless there's nobody better out there. Yeah, I'm also no on this one. It's time for her to move on. All right, Kaya. If she wasn't injured, I would say no. Given that she's injured, I think the club needs to sign her for the period that it takes for her to recover and then hopefully send her on loan. I think that's a great answer. Yeah, hopefully alone in her future, uh, just to see if she's someone we want to continue with. But it would be really cruel to to cut her off at this point. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right, Roz. No. I'm just, I'm going to actually surprise myself and say yes. I I don't think she should be a starter, but I think she is somewhat useful as a squad member yeah I, I think my, it, this one is for me is it depends what else is out there what else who else can we bring in she shouldn't be a starter um but if she's prepared to sit on the bench and if she's prepared to play that backup role as a winger not as a striker um and we can't find anybody else who's going to be better at doing that I, I don't see it as a problem but I would hope we could find somebody who's going to be give us more yeah, for Roz as well. I think like it, part of me is like, I think the Roz exper- experiment has ended. I think that she had more promise and she just hasn't delivered on it. And I'll, I'm going to caveat this one at the end as well. But I think for me, the Roz experiment is over. Um, Chi? It's tough because she ha- we haven't had seen as much as we would have liked because of obviously um, the suspension. So it's different because she hasn't produced very much on the pitch for us she's shown some good bursts of energy but she's been a bit Lucas Mora-esque in her cul-de-sac finding but it's tough because we haven't seen as much as we could if she hasn't had the chance to gel with the team but again she's one for me that if we you know if there's somebody better out there then I'm not I'm not going to be sad I'm not going to be overly sad to see her go I think I'm at the same place um I'll be happy with whatever the club decides (laughs) I'm probably a no 
I'm thinking about whether if I had to choose between keeping one of either her or Roz, which one I would choose. And I might choose Chi because she's a little bit more predictable, even if I don't think she's especially exciting. Yeah, I think like there are very obvious reasons Chi hasn't delivered or lived up to her potential here yet. For me, she's just like she's 30 and I think it's a no. I think we just need to get like we could get the same exact player as Chi and have them be younger and that would be better. So for me, it's a no. You've convinced me it's a no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Finally, uh, end on what I suspect will be a high note here um, is Mita. Yes, absolutely. Yes, 100%. Must protect her. All right. So I made you guys kind of rush through that. So I'm just curious uh, if there's anything you've said in the last five minutes that you'd like to defend. And by that, I mean, let's start the great Rosella Ian debate of 2023. (laughs) So I said, no, I think that she is too frustrating. She is very bad at receiving the ball and that exacerbates the issues we have with passing. She doesn't predict where other players are very effectively and she has these moments where she plays well or she does good things the second half against Aston Villa the first half against London City Lionesses but her goal return her assists are so few and it's been a long time that she's been at the club and I just don't think we can afford to keep thinking she's going to get better I would make me happier to try someone new and be excited or disappointed and find out that they were no better than her. I think particularly is the idea that she can be a striker. And I think that's possibly because she'd like to be a striker and she thinks of herself as a striker, but that's not her best position and her best games come when she plays on the wing. And she has been, you know, she has provided some excellent crosses for some important goals for us. So I think if the club can convince her to play on the wing and to stay on the wing and not to run all the way across the other side of the pitch when she should be on her own wing those kind of things and again as I say if if she's willing to sit on the bench mostly uh, because this season has been unusual I think she's had more starts than she would have done because of the injuries that we've had so I that it's a question of is she happy to stay as a squad player because there's not many people who are happy to play as a squad player but I don't see I don't see her being an important player for us. There is one thing I'd like to point out based on what you just said. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine earlier today. The club so obviously doesn't see Roz as a striker because we have Beth and Nikki now. And like, there's no way, no way Roz is getting minutes as striker ahead of those two. And so like the striker dream is over. It's just a matter of like. Just on the striker thing. It's, it's funny because for Morocco, she does play a striker and she does decently in that role with that team. I think the key point here is just like Sean said, like, is she going to be happy accepting a, the winger role B probably being more of a squad player comes coming on as a substitute more often. And I, I would have to think that at this point, since she's been with Spurs for what feels like a long time um, that she would have, you know, some loyalty there and, and be open to it at least. Um, and I think as far as my, my answer of yes goes, it's, it's mostly just a gut feeling that if we continue to bring in better players that she will also improve her game. Cause I think that 
you know, I've, I've seen enough in the last couple of games to feel like maybe it is a matter of needing some other players around her who will encourage her and boost her on especially if the older the better players are like her best dear close friends which so far uh, a couple of them have been I mean I was just saying I hope if Ross says that she grows into the player that she might be able to be all right so that's contracts we just have a few more preview things to wrap this up and then we'll send you on your way So right before we started recording, we literally just got done with the FA Cup draw and we've drawn Reading at home. So not the worst, not the best. We've already played them twice, once in the Conti Cup where we won 2-1 and once in the league where as much as I try to forget about this, we lost 1-0. So how are you all feeling about that? I think it's a really good draw. Um, It's a good draw because... It's not Chelsea or Arsenal or Manchester City, Man United. So that's good. It's also a good draw because we're at home and the game is now going to break up our run, which was going to be Chelsea, um, Manchester United, Manchester City. And now we have Reading coming after the first two games, which I think, again, for our players settling down, getting adjusted, having a game that is more obviously winnable is really positive and might help the mood in the team. So decent draw. It's not going to be easy. They're a tough team, but I think we can win. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's a, it's a good test of a draw. I mean, I I was kind of gunning for a trip to Lewis because I haven't been to the dripping pan in a while and do like the dripping pan, but um, I'll take this one. As, as you say, I was also worried that we were going to end up playing Chelsea again. This is better than that. And I do think, I mean, Reading are still struggling. They've been doing a bit better, but they are still finding their feet this season as well. So I think a good test for us to do that. And it, with the players that we've now got, hopefully, as Rachel says, it will be a breakup from all the, the top teams um, with a chance to actually kind of go, oh, yeah, no, actually, we when we play against not the top four sides, we're a good side still. So that is my hope. Um, and also my hope is that uh, home game will see some more supporters coming out supporting us than did against London City Lionesses and we'll have a bit more of a, a bit more support in that one. Yeah, it's I think the fact that it's a home draw is really great because um, that puts us on a three game homestand, although one of them is going to be at the main stadium. So not exactly, but definitely far from the worst draw we could have gotten. And I think we've definitely strengthened more than Reading have in this, you know, transfer window. So I'm excited for this game. I think it's it's very winnable. And, you know, if we're going to have our like FA Cup dream, one of the top teams is getting knocked out by one of the others because I think it's Chelsea and Arsenal got drawn together. So I don't know if, if ever there's going to be a year we can dream. Maybe it's this one. Oh, yeah. And that reminded me, I, I home game. I'm really looking forward to hearing the, the Beth England song ringing out over my television again. That was that was really great. Um, but yeah, so up very next, we have Chelsea again, which we just had. I joked around on Twitter that third time is the charm, but do you guys think anything is going to go different this time? Yes. I think we're going to draw. I don't think we're going to win. I'm not being super optimistic. I'm going to just be optimistic here that the sort of defensive solidity that we started the game with last week, plus Ash is hopefully going to be enough to get the draw. No stupid mistakes. I mean, I'm obviously going to be eating my words at some point, perhaps, but 
I mean, it's the it's the dream, isn't it? I mean, it's the one team we haven't got anything from so far. Um, so it is the team that we need to get something against. I, I kind of feel the players are a bit up for it after what happened against Chelsea this week. And they, you know, they, they saw how well they did for the first half and they saw that, you know, 1-0 at halftime is, is not by any means an un, unachievable result to, to get over. So I think there's the desire there from the team. And also, I think probably just with the way we've been playing, it would be a really big statement. So we can dream. But I won't be um, upset if if it's if it's if it's two nil or less defeat. I will not be upset if we concede more than that. I, I you know I think we should be aiming to concede fewer goals against them. If it's a draw, I will be exceedingly happy. And if it's a win, um, I don't. I, you know, it, it will be crazy scenes. We're just so due for a result against Chelsea. Honestly, we've we've had some very decent games against them and it's frustrating that we haven't managed it. And I'm just happy that it isn't a literal back to back against Chelsea like we had last season, because that was brutal. Um, I I would be really happy with a draw and I think it's achievable as long as we do like we did in this past game and attempt to take the game to them you know, Liverpool (laughs) have proven that it can be done. Um, They came very close to doing it again um, in their cup game. So yeah, we we just got to go for it. I was just thinking when you're saying that we have played Chelsea, like this will be our fifth time, I think in about five months or six times, because we played them that two games in the summer. Then we played them in a friendly in the late summer. Then we played them in the home game. Then we played them in the cup game. And now this game, so we have played Chelsea so many times recently. We got to get sick. a draw. I'm sick of least. it. We got to get a result I'm this so time. Sick of it. But you know what? This game is another two weeks that Beth England and Mana can be in their teammates' ears. There's a lot to work with here, and I know I said third time the charm, but Rachel, that's a that's a really good point. It's actually like sixth time the charm. Uh, And that's it for today. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. This has been N17 Women. You can find us on Twitter and all the usual places. And come on, you Spurs. 